When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again. It's Thursday morning. It's what we're here for. Nerds of Steel tuning in on the bye week. Yeah, it's the bye week. It's it's kind of tough. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? What should we do? What should we say? Well, first of all, you know, we do have a game to talk about that occurred this week. So we can do that. That's some good stuff we can do. I'm also going to break down, you know, where the Steelers are at this point of the season, where they're they're ranking on some things. You know, can't look forward to their next opponent. That's next week's Stat Geek. Also have a couple of little interesting tidbits of information that I just like to share whenever I can because it's fun and it's the kind of thing that we do here. So what we're going to do here is we're going to look back at this past week's game with some of the numbers. You know, I like to to kind of highlight my buy the numbers article um, that I do for this game. But then I have some other numbers that have happened, you know, I didn't have access to right when the game was over. Um, some of the, are, I got to say, arbitrary stats. I brought this up on, on the Skillbro show this week, that you got to remember that there are certain stats that aren't official by the NFL. They don't officially keep them. Um, the most shocking one is tackles. A lot of people don't realize the NFL does not keep track of tackles. So when you hear that a player had 10 tackles in the game, you know what? That depends on your source. 
because you could go through and attribute. I mean, when four or five guys are all teamed up on someone and they want to give them an assist, they might give it to one person versus another. But you get sources like Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Reference. They keep track of these things. Of course, then for that, there's another one like missed tackles. Missed tackles isn't a stat that's kept by the NFL, and it's very arbitrary. Did the player really miss it or not? Generally, those numbers aren't anywhere close when you look at a PFR versus a PFF. Um, and another one is, um, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm about ready, ready to say, okay, touchdowns given up by, by, by a defender, you know, a, a throwing touchdown. I know last year, um, PFR had Steven Nelson get, giving up seven touchdowns. When I reported that, Steven Nelson himself didn't really appreciate that. We kind of had a little discussion. I put a disclaimer in there. I'm like, I agree that I don't, I didn't think that he had that many, but that's what they attributed to. Um, it's just another one of those things. So tackles, missed tackles. Oh, here's another thing. Drop passes. That's not an official NFL stat. If you want to know, okay, so how many drop passes do the Steelers have this year? It's going to depend on your source, believe it or not. So, um, I hope you are bearing with me. I'm, I'm, I'm losing my voice a little bit. I don't know if it's what, what's going on. Maybe it's from all the screaming at the game Sunday night, not at the game, but screaming at the TV, I guess you should say, or whatnot. So um, I'm hoping that I'm still coming across here pretty good for you this morning. So let's dive into it. Let's look at some of those wins, wins, some of those numbers from the Steelers overtime win in week six. It, it was a win. That's the most important number of them all. Three. The Steelers got to three wins. That's that's really all that matters. And it's kind of something that I brought up with my brother that we talked about on the Scobro show. Sorry that I'm referencing it again, but man, I love doing that show with my brother. It's just a lot of fun to spend the time talking Steelers with him and, and you know bringing you all into the mix with it. But what we talked about was, you know, so many people are like, oh, you can't even count that as a win because they they, it, they had to win in overtime against the Seahawks at home without Russell Wilson. You know what? You don't give wins back. So you don't feel confident about the team moving forward as much because of that. You know who, who I'm glad doesn't feel confident? The Steelers. Then that means they're going to work harder. You know? Um, would I have loved for, them to, for the Steelers to, to win 40 to nothing? Sure. But then again, if if the players are just like, oh, we got this, and they are not working harder, I'd rather them have something that they need to correct. And there was plenty to correct from this game. Uh, I mean, they gave up 141 rushing yards. 110 of them were were in the were in the third quarter. Uh, I mean, that was just that was just brutal. This was after a great first half, a great defensive first half, um, and then. That was what the Steelers were dealing with. Jeffrey Benedict and I broke it down in a vertex on the website. So if you're not listening to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, listening to, reading BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, you might not have seen that. But that was a, a breakdown of what was going on, on um, in the third quarter to make that happen. So um, the Steelers, once again, they have not won a game in which they had a negative turnover margin. They just haven't done it. That's just the way it's been for them this season. So it was zero, but you know what? It took that, it took getting back to zero to set them up for the win. It took that takeaway, that strip sack by TJ Watt, you know, recovered by Devin Bush, almost running the wrong direction. I know it was his momentum. I, it was just funny. I just saw visions of him going the wrong way. I'm like, no. Um, but 
I, that wasn't what was really going on, but it's just funny to think about. Um, that takeaway is what ultimately won the game for the Steelers. So if they would have been at that minus one, we might be talking about a loss or a tie right now. So that that was great. The, the Steelers now have won 19 consecutive games where they've rushed for 100 yards or more. That was, that was really good. Um, the Steelers, I mean, five sacks on the game, two of which were by T.J. Watt in overtime, both huge because that first one definitely took them. They were on the cusp of field goal range. Would have been tough to hit a long one there, but that took them out of field goal range and everything. And, and got the Steelers with the ball back, not having to score with their first possession. Um, there was a lot of, of statistics defensively that the Steelers dominated where, you know, compared to the Seahawks. And I outlined some of them like um, the Steelers had 10 tackles for loss versus the Seahawks only having two. Um, the, the Steelers had an eight to one advantage in quarterback hits. You know, they did a great job protecting big Ben. He no sacks, one quarterback hit, you know, much improved from the line. Got to love that. Um, they had a five nothing advantage in sacks. They had a five three advantage in passes defensed and a three zero advantage in forced fumbles. Unfortunately, the Steelers only recovered one of them, but they recovered one of them, and that was a, that was really really big. So, um, got to give props to Chris Boswell coming up. You know, hitting the fifty two yarder to give him the lead. Thought maybe it'd be the game winner. Things didn't work out that way. It is what it is. Bottom line is the Steelers still ended up with the victory. So one thing that I find interesting so far in 2021 is that there are certain things this season when the six games that you can completely go and and look at and be like, oh, well, that makes sense. I mean, the Steelers have only rushed over 100 yards twice. And they won both games. The Steelers have only rushed over 65 yards three times. And they won all three of those games. So it's not even the 100-yard marker. Um, it's just, I mean, their top three rushing performances were in wins. But part of that was because they were winning. That really, uh, that, that helped determine that. Here's another thing. 23 points. When the Steelers get to 23 points, they've won. And the games they've lost, they've only got to 17. So I don't know what that magic number is in there, but it's somewhere in there. It's somewhere between 17 and 23 until we get more data that that you know that maybe the Steelers will win a game scoring only 20 points or something. Or maybe, or maybe they'll they'll get to 20 points, but they'll come up um, short on, on the other end. But that's that's really key. Also, when the Steelers have held their opponents to 20 points or less, they've won. You know, 16 in week one, 19 in week five, 20 in week six. All the other ones were, you know, 26, 24, 27. So the Steelers haven't given up more than 27 points this season, which is a really big bonus. But at the same time, you know, how how few points do they have to keep their opponent? It's only based on six games, but these are numbers that are all True. So I'm hopefully living up to the whole nerds of steel status. Hopefully I'm being nerdy enough in giving you these numbers and that, uh, that you can enjoy them. I've got another interesting thing I want to bring up. I actually, it's funny because when I finished Scobro show uh, Tuesday night with my brother, I told him, Hey, I'm going to talk about this on stat geek Thursday. Believe this. And I, and I, I did this. He's like, wow. He's like, you should maybe even write an article on that, which I might end up still doing for behind the steel curtain.com your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. But um, 
I just found this really intriguing. I was, I got in and I was looking at, you know, I know it's six games in, it's way too early, but where do the, who's really out there tearing up the NFL, especially in the AFC. Let, let me look at the overall records and see where everyone falls. And of course they already have it um, with the, where the teams are ranked with the playoffs and everything else playoffs. Yeah. We're talking playoffs after week six, but still. Right now, the Steelers, although they are tied record-wise for the last playoff spot, the seventh spot, they technically are tenth because they because of the tiebreakers. Now, what's crazy is they is they beat the team that's in the seventh spot, the Denver Broncos, but because it's a tiebreaker between four different teams, you have to go to different tiebreakers, and the the tiebreakers aren't going to last. I mean, next week those teams could all still have the same record, and it could be a different team that's up there. Uh, they can't all have the same record because the Steelers are on by. But anyway, uh, I think you understand what I'm saying there. So, but I just found it was interesting that the Steelers were were tenth. I'm going to read you the 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 list in order of where teams fall. Obviously, the first four seeds are because they're winning their. Uh, divisions at the time. And then it goes on the wild cards and other. I'm, I'm going to tell you what these teams are in order because there's something really interesting about this. It goes, unfortunately, it's Baltimore and the number one seed because they're five and one and everyone else is four and two. But it goes Baltimore, LA Chargers, Tennessee, Buffalo. All right. Those are the top four. Then your next three Cincinnati, Las Vegas, Denver. Okay, we're, we're still going. Kansas City, Cleveland, and then Pittsburgh. So there are nine teams, nine teams ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now following week six. My question is this. What is interesting about those nine teams? What's, what's in, what, what do they all have in common? And what they all have in common is they are the all nine, the nine AFC opponents that the Steelers face this season. Those are all teams that the Steelers face this season. Everyone that's ahead of them right now. Every team that they play in the AFC is ahead of them, and there's there, there's not any missing. It's those nine teams because they play nine different teams for 12 games because, you know, three obviously the three AFC North opponents, they play twice. And then they have five NFC games because it's the NFC North and then the extra one against Seattle, which was a win, which is big um, when you're trying to look at things like keeping pace in, in the division um, because that extra game that the Browns had, they lost theirs. They lost to the Cardinals. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how those, those are the little things I look at. Like, for example, uh, the Ravens lost to the Raiders. So did the Steelers. So therefore they're still even, uh, the Ravens, you know, beat the Broncos. So did the Steelers. So they're still even. So the, the Steelers haven't really lost ground yet, but they're going to need some of those teams that they, the Steelers lost to, to also beat the Ravens, which, um, that may not necessarily be the case, but we'll see what it all, when it all plays out and when it's all said and done. But I just found that really interesting that the nine teams that the Steelers face this year, they are all at three and three or better right now of the AFC teams. That's, that's just something, something interesting to note. I'm going to go ahead and take a break now because it's a good stopping point. When we come back, we're going to look at where the Steelers stand through six weeks and several different things, going to look at some team stuff, even going to dip into a little individual stuff uh, of what's going on to say, okay, this is where they are. It, it's a good time for reflection because it's the bye week. So let's reflect. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we are back here with the Steeler Stat Geek. Welcome, my nerds of steel. I am so glad that you're listening to me here during the bye week, getting some stat geek, getting some nerdy numbers. Hopefully, I gave you some interesting numbers. Um, yeah, the Steelers, they're three and three. They're really only I, I talked about this. I don't know if you if you're catching these or not, but we also are doing a little extra something on the on the podcast side this week. Cause you know. We don't have the injury reports. We don't have the Mike Tomlin press conference recaps, things of that nature. We don't have those podcasts. So we're like, well, well, let's at least put something else out there. So what we had is a, a group of our podcasters individually doing a short podcast saying, hey, this is what I think so far of the Steelers season. This is what I think is going forward. This is the awards I'm giving now. Basically, our overall thoughts. We call it the bi-week bonanza. Jeff Hartman, um, speaking to me this week, said the bye week bazinga. I'm like, oh, that was so much better. That would be perfect for my nerds of steel. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't have that in there. That, that would have been perfect. But uh, sorry that maybe next week we'll get that right, the, that it'll be the bye week bazinga. Um, and for those of you that aren't sure, that's a really nerdy reference. That's going back to um, um, the Big Bang Theory, the TV show, which um, – I feel like, you know, those are my people <laughs> with the with the nerdiness. Anyway, what we normally do on this show is I, is once I got it so far into the season, I would look at, okay, this is where the Steelers rank. This is where their opponent ranks. This is their strengths, weaknesses. How do they match up? Blah, blah, blah. This time, there, there's no opponent to look at. We'll do that next week when we'll break down the Browns. And these numbers, obviously the, the, the numbers themselves won't change, but the rankings could change. We're going to look and see where the Steelers rank. Right now, in their buy, where they rank in the NFL. So the Steelers, when it let's let's do offense first. When it comes to offense, the Steelers are ranked 25th in points. They've scored 117 points this season. They're also 25th in yards, which is your main measuring stick for when they say where you are. If you're the number three offense in the NFL, that means you're third in yards. That's what that means. Um, I, I know um, Brian Anthony Davis likes the points much better than the yards because he thinks that's more indicative, but um, that's just what people go by for some reason. So they're 25th in yards. They're just under 2,000 yards so far through six games. Um, it's at 1943 if you roll into the exact number. This is all according to Pro Football Reference. When it comes to their passing offense, this is where the Steelers are ranked the highest. They're 17th with 1,453 yards. And now the big one the one that we wanted to see the improvement. The Steelers right now 
are 29th in the NFL in rushing with 487 yards. That's right. They are now, they were 31st last week. They're 32nd the week before. They are moving up the 29th. So you, the Steelers are going in the right direction with their rushing yards at this point of the season, where last year they were going in the wrong direction at this point. So that's interesting. I will have to tell you that when I figure out these rankings, now that there's teams that have had buys, I can't just go and look at the total amount. I have to look at the averages because not everyone's played the same amount of games. So that's where the Steelers' offense ranks right now at the bye. Now let's look at the defense. The Steelers' defense is 12th in points. have given up 132 points. They are 12th in yards. They have given up 2,114 yards. So it's funny that in both points and yards, they're the same. Um, they rank the same for both the defense and for the offense. I mean, they're not the same across the board, meaning both of them are the same for defense, just like both of them were the same for offense. But they're 25th in offense in those, but they're 12th in defense in those. So we do know that the defense is kind of leading the way more here. In the past defense, the Steelers are ranked 15th in the NFL. They've given up uh, 1,468 passing yards. And against the run, the Steelers are 10th in the NFL, giving up 646 yards so far this season. So that's the numbers. That's what they are. Now I'm going to actually break them down to what their averages are. And what I'm going to do with this is rather than talk about their rank, I'm going to compare that to their average for 2020 to see where this team is stacking up to the 2020 team. Now remember, yes, it didn't end well, but that. 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers team went 12 and four. Okay. They were 12 and four and won the AFC North. So you've got to remember that even though there were some ugly wins along the way, they were still wins. And that's what the Steelers were doing. So how far are they from the statistics gained last year? So let's look at it. Okay. So the Steelers right now with their points, 117 points in six games, that's 19.5 points per game. That is well off the pace of 2020 when they were scoring 26 points a game. Okay, so that's that's somewhere where they need to improve, and we know that. I mentioned it in the first part that when the Steelers have hit 23 points or more, they've won 17 or less, they've lost. You've got that six-point area in the middle that they haven't done. When you look at yards per game, total yards, the Steelers are at 323.8 yards per game right now. Last year, they were at 334.6. So the Steelers are under, just over 10 yards under what they were last year right now when it comes to yards per game. So they aren't off that much in the number of yards gained of what they did last season. Um, passing. Now, the other thing with yards gained, sometimes you don't get as many yards gained when you're when you're winning games because you're not throwing together a bunch of yards late because because you're you're ahead in the game. But that's just that's just one of the factors to remember. Passing yards right now the Steelers are averaging 242.2 passing yards per game. Last year they averaged 250.2. So they are eight yards less. Eight yards less um in the passing game. And right now, even though they're 29th, the Steelers are averaging 81.2 yards per game rushing. And they averaged 84.4 last year when they came in last. You're like, oh, wait a second. They're, they're averaging less. 
Yes, they are. But as I said before, they're going in the right direction. They've hit 100 yards the last two games. So that average is actually on the rise, where last year that average was declining as the season went on. Because the Steelers, I mean, they were like top five of the league in rushing through the first five games last year. They're not that this year. They're more of what they were, but that that number is on the rise, and you want to see that continue to rise. So let's go ahead and break down the defense. The defense is giving up only 22 points a game, which is really good. Last year was fantastic. They gave up 19.5 points per game, so they were under 20, but they're not that far off. You know, they're two and a half points more, um, less than a field goal. That number could, you know, Steelers play some pretty good teams, so we'll see if, if that number goes. Yards. The Steelers are giving up 352.3 yards this season. Last year, they only gave up 305.8. So that means that the Steelers are, you know, just not quite 50 yards more per game they're giving up right now. But they are facing some pretty good opponents, as I said before. When you look at the pass, this is where it comes down. It's the pass. Right now, the Steelers are giving up 244.6 yards, six repeating, so 244.7 yards per game, where last year for the whole season they gave up 194.4 yards per game average. That's crazy good. That's crazy good. Um, that's I mean, there's like 60 yards off, 60 yards more. That's That's crazy. And it's not that they're doing bad now. It's that that's how good it was last year. So that's probably might be one of the biggest differences. Then, last but not least, the rushing defense. I'm glad I say that for last because guess what? This is the one that's better this year. Because right now, through six games, the Steelers are averaging, giving up 107.7 yards per game. Last year, they averaged 111.4 yards per game that they gave up. So they're getting – so that that's one thing that the Steelers are doing. They're shutting down the run more. They are giving up more in the past – but those are just the numbers. What really ultimately the biggest difference is, you know, last year the Steelers were, were 12 and four, and right now they're three and three. So that's that, that's a big thing to remember. Now what I wanted to do to finish things up, because we got a little bit more time, so I'm like, yeah, why, why not? Let's take a look at some of the individuals and, and how they're doing for this Steelers team. And because I'm the guy that writes the PFF articles, I'm just going to use their PFF scores. Now, these scores don't really mean a thing. They're You can love them, you can hate them, and I don't really care how you feel about them, in all honesty. It really doesn't matter. There's times that I think they're right and time that I, times I think they're wrong. But it's data. It's number. It's, it's data. It's putting something – I've said this so many times on the show before. It's putting something quantitative – in front of us to see. So I'm going to put it out here just to report it. And then you can kind of, you know, draw the conclusion for yourself if you think this is right. So let's starting with the offense, the number one ranked player for the Pittsburgh Steelers offense through their first six games of the 2021 season is rookie tight end, Pat Frermuth. He's got a 73.8 offensive grade. Um, he's got a 78.4 receiving grade and a 75.8 pass block blocking grade. Run blocking grade isn't as good. It's a 51.1. But he's the top one. Now, I will I will say this. At 73.8, if you took his score and put him on the defense, 
he would have four other players ranked ahead of him. So he's on the team. He's fifth overall um, in, in, in PFF score. Um, it's just what it is. But keeping, keeping with the offense. Oh, and just so you know, he's, he's ranked 14th in tight ends in the NFL um, of qualifying tight ends. You have to have so many snaps. I'm not even sure what that number is right now because it changes and depends on how many games you've played. So um, he's got the top score. The next score is Deontay Johnson at a 73.7. He's 29th out of 110 wide receivers. Then next, Najee Harris. He's got the third best score overall through six games for the Steelers at a 68.2. And just so you know, PFF starts with a base score of 60. So that means, you know, playing above what would be considered just average play. And some people are like, oh, well, is that really average? It's not the same as like your letter grades in, in school. It's just, it's it's not quite. So it's not like, oh, you're on the verge of failing. You, you know, you're on the verge, 60 is average. So just remember that. So Najee Harris, you know, 68.2. The thing that's 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 knocking him down right now more than anything is actually his run blocking, which he doesn't do that very much, which is interesting. Technically he has 10 snaps where he was considered a run blocker. Um, and those are probably more on like end of rounds and things like that. You know, wide receivers getting a handoff. Um, but his, his highest score is actually in receiving of a 71.4. Believe it or not, the next player doesn't have enough snaps to qualify at their position, but it's the highest offensive lineman is Joe Haig. Joe Haig has a 67.2 for the season. Now he's only appeared in two games is what I believe here. Just I'm pretty sure it's two games the regular season um, to get him that that score. He has a, a not a very good run blocking score, but a really good pass blocking score. So uh, that that's something to remember. Then next is Chase Claypool. Even though man, his score was really down um, for week six, but he's still up there overall with his 67.0, um, and he's 60th out of 110. Um, other notable ones is like when you look at the offensive line, the next best grade is J.C. Hassenauer, who doesn't qualify. Then after that, it's Trey Turner at a 62.1. Then it's B.J. Finney at 61.5. So you're getting a bunch of these guys that, you know, are just just from where they filled in, they've done a nice job filling in. And then next, um, just I should probably note out scores that are, are above 60 for the season. Um you get Kevin Dotson at a 61.0 and Dan Moore Jr. at a 60.6. Now, if you want to look at the other end of the spectrum, the the, the players that have scored the worst, we'll, we'll kind of start the bottom work way up. The lowest score so far this season, Benny Snell Jr., 43.1. So, I mean, that that is what it is, and that might be why he didn't get any carries this past week, or it could have been that he got dinged up during the game. Um, we're not sure, although he still played special teams. Then the next lowest score is Eric Ebron with a 44.7, then um, which is 69th out of 72 tight ends. Yeah. Um, but it's actually, his score is actually better after this past week. Uh, Derek Watt has a low score of 48.3 um, with for when he's in there. And then the next one above them is Ray Ray McLeod with a 47, or sorry, a 49.7 score. Um, and then if I'm looking at the bottom five, it would be the, the 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 top one of the five is the worst of the offensive linemen. It's actually Chuksa Core for with the 55.2. So those are the PFS scores for the offense. I want to go ahead, hit up the scores for the defense here uh, before we finish it up. That's where things look much better. Because I gotta say, top score overall on the team, Cam Hayward, 92.3. Yeah, 
That's right, 92.3. Not only is that the number one score on the Steelers, it's the number one score of any defensive lineman in the NFL this year. It's the number one score of any defensive player in the NFL right now. According to PFF, Cam Hayward is the best defensive player in the NFL through week six of the NFL season in 2021. And that passes my eye test because he's doing the things that he needs to do out there. Um, the next and the next highest score for the defense is TJ Watt. He's at an 86.5. He did not have a very good grade this past week, although he made all those big splash plays. Uh, it was kind of head scratching a little bit. Um, but it was what it was. I mean, he had a good score the week before, had a real bad score his first week coming back from the injury um, against Green Bay. He was That's what has him down now more than anything was that score. So he's got that 86.5. Um, third on the defense is actually Chris Wormley with a 77.6. But he had a really good score in week six when I don't think he played all that well. I think he was part of the problem whenever the run game got going for Seattle. So that that was kind of interesting. One I'm not surprised at at all was the next one with the 76.8 is Arthur Mallette playing in the slot for the Steelers. He actually has enough snaps to qualify. So he's the seventh ranked corner in the NFL right now through through week six. Um, Arthur Mallette, that's you know, a little bit surprising. Um, then there's one other score that's in the 70s which is funny. There was only two scores in the seventies on offense. Um, and that's Melvin Ingram. Um, he's he ranks um, 30th of 105 edge rushers. I forgot to tell you, TJ Watt was seventh among all the edge rushers. Um, I have a feeling that's going to change as the season goes on or that these grades don't mean anything. Um, that's just, just, just where they are. Um, going to drop down to the bottom five, just so you know, last, not surprised. Only played in one game. It wasn't good. Akello Witherspoon, 34.8. Um, unless the Steelers can start to get something out of him where he even gets a helmet, it's not looking like that was the wisest move. But then the next lowest score is Minka Fitzpatrick with a 37.0. I mean, although he's got an 82.4 run defense grade, this is, this is what I don't understand. He's got an 82.4 run defense grade, one of the highest on the Steelers. Yet his overall grade is a 37.0. And yet, even though out of all the snaps he's played, he's 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 played a high number of run defense snaps. Um, but yet that's not helping his grade. The problem is, is that his coverage, he's ranked at a 29.8. Um, I don't think that's true. I don't think Mink is playing as well as he has in the past, but I don't think he's playing as bad as this score indicates. If you know what I'm saying, I just think they, I don't think they understand what he's being asked to do this year. Um, then next is Henry Mondo um, at the bottom. Although, you know, he had a nice, nice game week before last, you know, he has some, not the, not the best games in there. Like his first one was really bad. He's got a 41.2. Um, Justin Lane in his limited time is at a 44.4. And then those are all the ones that are less than 50. If you, if you want the next one up, it would be Devin Bush at a 54.0. Um, he's had one good game in there and then one not so good. Although, believe it or not, when it comes to a pass rush grade, Devin Bush is third on the team with an 82.8. He's only behind TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. He just hasn't been doing it very much. So that's just a highlighting some of the individual scores through six weeks. I'm probably not going to do too many PFF scores with you moving on from this just because um, we have other things to do and other things to talk about. So, 
with that, we're going to call it a show. We're going to call it the bi-week stat geek. Woohoo! Say that 10 times fast, okay? We are done with our bi-week stat geek, which is fantastic, which means next week we will be talking about the game coming up against the Cleveland Browns. But they are, they play tonight. They play against Denver. You know, might want to check that out to see how how, uh, how that's going. Hey, make sure you're catching all of our podcasts. You know, the bi-week bonanza is fun. Make sure you, you, you know, check those out. Just listen and maybe find someone you might not listen to otherwise and hear what they have to say. Um, you know, we're just, we're releasing a couple of them a day the way we're going. And we are looking to have a fan one. Um, I didn't give you the information here because supposedly the deadline's passed. Uh, by the time this is this is being published, but uh, I don't know if Brian's going to adjust that deadline or not. But uh, we have some some of the listeners that have sent us in some stuff that we're going to compile and put out in the podcast. So, so look for that one, and of course, make sure you're checking out behindthesteelcurtain.com, your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you check it out. We're still bringing you everything that we can with the bye week, some different various things, and then we'll be right back into it uh, as the Steelers prepare next week. So. Um, Thanks for listening to me. Thanks for still checking in during the bye week for Stat Geek. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out with me. We'll see you next time. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.